I'm Esther Medina, and this is Una Conversación, a place to have a conversation with the noisemakers, the trailblazers, and game changers all around me. This collection of interviews is dedicated to Latin American Heritage Month in Canada. In this episode, join artist and producer Alex Veliz and I as we look back on his beginnings in music, where he is now, and the realities some artists may face when trying to grow a music career. Let's go back to 2016. Deadpool has just come out. The Olympics are going down in Brazil. And just when you think the year can't get any better, a single enters the Canadian airwaves. And it's a sound like you've never heard before. The song is Dancing Kinsomba. It would go on to be remixed eight times, streamed over 30 million times, and even with a feature by Don Omar. The singer is Alex Veliz. With me today, Alex Veliz for Una Conversación. I just want to thank you for being here today. It's hard to believe that it's been six years since Nancy Kinzoma came out. However, before the single came out, before the record label contracts were signed, you were an artist who yeah. loved music and who grew up in that. And I want to know where your story begins from the beginning, from your Latin oh, American man. roots. So. Let's start there because I feel like, you know, as Canadians, when we get a, an artist, and not to mention a Latin artist, we fall in love immediately. But I want to know where they came from, oh, man. how they got started. So please tell me a little bit about that. It's, it's, it's a crazy story. Uh, I think I, I, honestly, I honestly feel like I was born into it. From my mom's side of the family, my uncles, uh, mis primos, um, they're some way or another involved in the music industry. Uh, I have, I have, I have a, a cousin that's uh, the conductor. There you go. The okay. conductor of the Guatemalan orchestra. I have another cousin that is a Christian singer as well. Wow. Um, I have cousins that have written music as well. I guess you say it's in your genes. You know, when I was five years old, I remember my cousin gave me my first vinyl, which was the Michael Jackson Thriller vinyl. Wow. Can it. you do the dance? I, I wish I could, but <laughs> I don't think my bones go that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I fell in love with, you know, music. But weirdly enough, I, I will say this uh, because people usually ask me that question. I can vividly remember the moment when I said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Really? I was 12 years old. Wow. And I remember I was at this, funny enough, I was at this Christian camp. And, Always where it happened. Yeah, I was at this Christian camp. And um, there was this one guy, an older guy, uh, an older young guy that everybody used to look up to. An older young guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I was 12. He was like 18 maybe or something. Yeah, yeah. But he brought the Vico C album. Oh. And he brought Aquel Que Había Muerto, the Vico C album. And then, you know, he knew I loved music and all that stuff. So he brought me into his car and he said, listen to this. And then I started hearing, Miren, miren, vayo, aquel que había muerto de la tumba salió. Vayo, aquel que había muerto de la tumba salió. Y ahora contraataca. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and I said, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Wow. Like, I love music, but then at that moment, I heard Spanish hip-hop. Yeah. Which for me was amazing. And at the time, too, I heard Christian Spanish hip-hop. So for me, I'm like, 
this is, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And it was at that moment where I said, you know what? I got to start pursuing this. And I started writing music. I started learning about production at the age of 12. Uh, I remember I got basically kind of like kicked out of my church because I, I, you know, at that point I was like, I was like lead singer at, at my mom's church at the mm. time. But then there was this one moment, I remember the service when they would ask for un especial, like, hey, oh, you know, wow. los que tienen dones, los que pueden cantar, <laughs> predicar, ese es tu tiempo. And I said, okay, cool. And I went up and I rapped. Stop. And I, and I rapped my ass off. Was it Christian rap? It was Christian rap. I, I rapped so Christian rap. So why did it get bad? Yeah, but because, you know, because it wasn't, it, you know, I was breaking the norms, you know. Even I understand. At, even at that young age, I was breaking the norms. It was, it wasn't known, and I remember they were like, esa música del diablo. And but you're brave for doing it. And yeah. How old were you when that? Like this, 12 years old. Wow, you were, yeah. you're brave. A 12-year-old. And even at that age, I mean, you know, I've always been, maybe it's because, you know, um, my, my, my dad is an Afro-Latino. He's like, he, you know, my grandmother is Jamaican. She immigrated to, to Guatemala. Oh, my gosh. So deep down inside, I've always said it, deep down inside, I've always had that, like, you know, that Afro-Latin blood in my system. Yeah. So I've never been afraid to speak my mind or speak my truth. Mm-hmm. And even in those moments, like, I could care less what people thought. Like, this is what I, this is my expression and this is who I am. And, and I did that. And even at that, at the age of 12, I ended up leaving my mom's church and I went to a church all on my own. And I think that's amazing that at that young age, it's not like you left church and that was it. You left church and still went to another church yeah, to continue course, that gift. Yeah. I, but like that means like you, you were exactly what you're describing. Yeah. You were always a person who knew what you wanted. Yeah. And weren't afraid to use exactly. your voice. Yeah. And then and then ever since then, um, I took out my first like Christian album because uh, at that point I started making Christian hip hop. Yeah. And uh, I was 16, I remember, and, and I took out my first Christian Latin album. And then at the age of 18 till like 23, 24, I toured Latin America as a Christian Latin artist. And funny enough, like going back to the whole church thing, I, I don't, I don't want to make it sound super spiritual, but that's that's the no, that's I, the, um, I get it. the foundation of my story, you know. Because even at that age, from the age of 16 till 24, the churches closed their doors on me. So I ended up actually opening up for Sunny Lennox, Amarfis, eh, Monchi Alexandra, Chrissy Angel, as a Christian artist. Wow. And with it, your Christian music. With Christian music. Because That's the churches, powerful. Yeah, because the churches didn't, didn't open their doors. That's you know what powerful. I mean? Because my music was del diablo. You know what I mean? So, but oh, my whole life, it, it's always been, you know, I've been considered a rebel by a lot and, you know, and, and a saint to others. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think that's the, the basis, the origin story of Alex Valdez, I guess. I am so happy that you are sharing because all those years you were working, right? Mm. But I just feel like when someone is focused, they have their goal. People envy that because mm. it's especially you knew what you wanted to do at the age of 12. So watch these people are watching you go through this process, but maybe they don't think you're you're ever going to yeah. get there. Then one day he does. And it's like, I, I want the world yeah. to know yeah. the buildup that you had yeah, to it was, that. It was a huge buildup. Because it, it wasn't overnight. No, it wasn't. And, and funny enough, like when it actually happened for me, I didn't even want it anymore. 
Wow. And when Dancing is over, I wrote Dancing is over for another artist. Wow. You know, I was with the producer, um, my, my producer, Medinandia, and we had, we were working on one of the artists that he was developing. Hmm. And then uh, we came up with Dancing Kisomba. But as we came up with the song, I looked at him like, uh, I, I got to keep the song to myself. Like, this song is... I'm so glad banger. you did. Yeah. So then, and at the, at the time when I got signed and everything started happening, I wasn't even looking to do music anymore. I was doing it as a hobby. I was... You know, I was working uh, my nine to five job and I was happy with what I was doing. I was yeah. making pretty good money. You know, I was I was set and then everything happened and it was just like, damn, you know, so, you know, I'm happy the way it happened. But, you know, it because of the whole trajectory that it took to get there. Yeah, I think I, I think that's one of the areas where a lot of people, I, I guess, lack or a lot of these new talents, like they don't know that it takes years and years of groundwork to get there. Yeah. And because of those years of groundwork, it got to a point where for me where I'm like, eh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And I think you literally have to get to that point where you just <laughs> do it. Yeah, you just do it for the love of art, you know. And when you do it for the love of art, it just flows genuinely. Yeah. And then the world can see it, you know, the world can feel it. And that's when everything happens. That resonates with me so deeply because I feel like things are the most authentic when you're not putting that pressure yeah. on yourself. Also, you mentioned in your story that, you know, it seems like your family value church a lot. And I understand the, the church's perception of you. Did your family also freak out <laughs> or were they more supportive? Were they in the middle because you're their Man. son? My family always supported me with my dreams but i will say that oh my brother and my sister no no problem they'll always support me no matter what they better <laughs> yeah yeah my, my mom and my dad on the other hand you know because you know of the religious background and everything we had a lot of back and forth and everything but they came to a point where they realized like no you know what we we set a foundation with our son and yeah. he knows what what really matters and they always supported me financially my dad always supported my dream in the beginning of my career that's beautiful um and he always did i mean as as I continued in my trajectory in my music career, my my music got a little less holy, I guess you could say in quotation marks. So <laughs> I, they would question my my judgment a little bit more. But, you know, after having those conversations and, and I think the most important thing is knowing a person's heart. Yes. And knowing where they stand. Uh, and I'm a firm believer of having a personal relationship with God. And at least me personally, I have such a piece of where I'm at with my relationship with God, where it's like, it's like no offense to anybody, but I could care less what a pastor thinks about me or what my parents think about what anybody because I know where I stand with God, yeah. you know, and, and I think my family, especially my parents can see that in my life. Yeah, and they respect that. So they've always they've always been there for me. Man, I love that. And I think that when you have that peace is when you know you're in, on the right path. Because yeah. there'll be times where you'll be on that same path, but you won't have the peace. And it's yeah, because yeah. you're not doing it for the right yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah, so sure. I'm glad you feel that. Yeah. And it's gotten you this far, so <laughs> we can trust it. Alex, you know, your music, because um, you mentioned your, your grandmother immigrated from Jamaica to yeah, Guatemala. I noticed that you made an effort with all the songs that you have out right now, a lot of them, to have both English and Spanish versions. Yeah. And um, I just want to know, because of your mixed roots. I've listened to your music and like, there are times where it's like, puro Latino. And yeah. then there's times where I'm like, I'm in Jamaica right now. <laughs> and you know, it's obvious that you're influenced by both these cultures. As an artist, did you ever feel nervous to explore both sides? In the sense mm. where like, did you feel scared that like, 
people would criticize you for trying to be one way and then maybe the other half of people would criticize like the first artist I can think of maybe as an example would be like Selena like she Mm -hmm. was never Mexican enough for Mexico or American enough for America yeah and and it's funny you say Selena because I was trying to think for the longest time until right now that you said that that for me I'm like because funny enough you know in, in the music industry you always write your marketing plan in order to you know sell your music to to like the Spotify's or the streaming services Mm -hmm. and they always ask like who would you compare yourself to and I I I would never I would have never thought Selena until you just said it right now because yeah so you just blew my mind (laughs) because it's very true that's exactly how it's been my whole life funny enough my my the clothing line I have is called Rebels and Saints Uh, and you're repping it right now right always got to rep it because that's what I've been, you know, yeah. for a lot of people I've been considered rebel, but for other people I've been considered saint in everything I do in my life. Wow. And that includes in music because it's very hard to break through in this industry if you have a, if you have a mixed audience, yeah. which is something that Selena went through, unfortunately, right? And unfortunately, it had to take for her to, like her death in order for her to be appreciated because of what she was bringing to both cultures. I think nowadays we're living in a generation where it is a multicultural, you know, generation, which hopefully they start taking, you know, that into consideration and they can identify with that music. But for me, it's always been that way. I've I've dealt with that since the beginning of my career, you know, record labels, radios, everybody saying, you know, this is not Latino enough or this is not Anglo enough for us to put on radio, Wow, you know? And that's always been an uphill battle. And and in most of my career, I felt alone. Yeah. I felt like, man, how come people don't understand? Not to go too deep, but like you said, we went dancing Kisomba. Up to date, I think it has over like 80 million streams. And it went platinum in multiple countries. But I remember when it first, the success that it had, we came back to the label and we're like, what's next? And the label said, Alex, we have no idea what to do with you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's and stress. Because, yeah, because at that point, they had nothing to compare it to. There wasn't the, the Enrique Iglesias bailando or the Despacitos or the Justin Bieber sorry. Yeah. When you said Despacito, I'm like, you're right. Because Despacito was January. His remix was January 2017. Exactly. So then at that point, they didn't know what to compare it. Like it was, it wow. was the beginning of of that movement of the latin movement coming yeah. in you were like breaking funny that enough barrier. yeah breaking in because even it got to a point where even spotify started using my career in dancing kisomba as a platform or not even a platform as an example or as a case study mm. to go to all these labels and be like see we can break an artist this is the new wave of music wow. that's how successful dancing kisomba was at that point i remember yeah. i think it was like two years ago i was talking to uh uh, rep in in Spotify and, and they told me they're like Alex if you would have released Dancing Soma nowadays it would have easily it would have hit like 500 million no questions asked you know because of where the industry is yeah uh, going back to the point it's like my whole trajectory and my whole career it has been like an uphill battle because it's been a mix you yeah know, because of who I am you know I have my Jamaican roots I have my Latin roots I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada, so I have my hip-hop, R&B roots, you know, still listens to Cardinal Official, you know, and has all of that. Exactly. It just did a song with Sean Desmond. Like, for me, it's like, I have those Canadian roots, but I still have those, you know, you know, like, roots that came from from my culture. And uh, I I try to to bring that forth in all my music. 
and sometimes it's a payoff. Uh, I, I, I firmly believe maybe it'll take 10 years, maybe it'll take five years, maybe next year, but people will, will learn to appreciate the art form that I created and be like, wow, this is forward thinking, you know? Um, and that's, that's all you can do, you know, for the love of music and for the mm -hmm. love of what you do. You, you try to push boundaries and try to, you know, be a rebel for some and be a saint to others always. Sorry, boo, shameless plug. No, plug away, <laughs> please. One thing I do, you, that is consistent, though, with all your music is that you are a storyteller. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's one song I've listened to of yours that doesn't tell a story. And I love that because mm. I feel like, and this is like, and don't get me wrong, because like half my playlist is mainstream music, which is just yeah. the same chorus, trendy, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But all your songs tell a story, and it reminds me of old school music. Because old school music was yeah, like that, you sure. know? Um, mm -hmm. And I just want to know is that something you did intentionally? Is that 100%. how you've always been? What inspired yeah. that? I think it, it's the way it was brought up, you know, like the music I listened to growing up was Bob Marley, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Juan Luis Guerra. Then, you know what I mean? You have, and then I grew up here in Toronto, like I said, so I was listening to Jay-Z. I was listening to Kanye's. I was listening to the Biggies, to yeah. the Tupac's. You know what I mean? I was listening to the, the Gangstars. I was listening to that hip hop. I was listening to Vico C, mm -hmm. which would tell stories. Vico C is El Filosofo. Like he mm -hmm. would tell stories in all his music. You know, Tony Presidio is one of the greatest songs that was ever written. Hector Lavoe, like El Cantante. For me, El Cantante by Hector Lavoe is the, and, and this is, I don't know, people may criticize me for me for this, but it is the best written song of all time because it explains what a singer goes through in yeah. a day, day life. Wow. You know, so I listen to all that type of music, and for me, I grasp that and I'm like, you know what, how can I modernize this and still make this relevant to a new generation? And that's what I always do. I, I'm, I'm glad you actually noticed that because that means I'm doing my job. Like I try yeah. to tell stories in all, my, in, in all my songs for sure. And I'll take this moment to say, even though it's not as recent, one of my favorites is Higher. Oh, nice. That was one of my favorites and the music <laughs> video is stunning. Thank um, you, thank you. With that in mind, I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Oh, thank you so and much. And just like the legacy that you're leaving. Congratulations you. to you and your wife and your beautiful thank son, you. Jack. Thank you. When you think of the future, do you think far ahead now that you're a father? Do you think about what you want, what legacy you want to leave behind? and? I understand if you don't have all the answers now, but what does that look like to you when you think about it? Somebody asked me two days ago, you know, hey, what have you been up to and everything? And literally my answer was build legacy. Wow. Um, that's, that's, that's been my answer. That's creepy, that. Yeah, exactly. This conversation happened yeah. two days ago. Yeah, wow. you know, um, and I told them build legacy. My goal has always been, music has always been the vehicle to what is to come, mm. for what is to come. Mm -hmm. um, my goal has always been to build different pillars, uh, businesses and different pillars that influence society. Mm. So that's the goal. Uh, I got an album coming out. <gasps> yeah. An album. Yeah, I got I got a single coming out, the first single from that album. Wow. Yeah, you got an exclusive, you're the first one that knows. I'm literally gonna cry. I'm so hyped <laughs> and I'm deeply honored. And and the, the album is called Pasaporte, you know, because of the, the reason it's called Pasaporte is, you know, passport is because It'll, it will allow you to travel the world without leaving the comfort of your, you know, home. Yo. And yeah, so it has some Afro beats on it. It has some, you know, reggaeton, obviously. It has some 
It even has merengue and mambo on it. Let's go. Yeah, so it has a little bit of everything. It has house. It has everything. Everything that has influenced me, it has a little bit of that in, in that album. Um, and it, again, it's because of the love of music and it's because about building legacy. I also yeah. have a few business ventures in the works on uh, the technology side of things and you know, um, in the society type of things uh, that I feel will transform uh, society as it is, especially the music industry. So I got a lot of things in the works. You know, I'm, I'm a very quiet guy. I don't... Yeah, when you said album, I was like, oh, single, like, <laughs> thank you. Done. But... Yeah, so... We gotta go. I have, I have an album to listen to right now. That's... Yeah. I am so happy thank for you. you. Thank you so much. This just yeah. feels like divine timing. Yes, definitely. And I cannot wait. Thank you so to much. To have it on repeat and blasting <laughs> in my car. Wow. Thank you so much. And also very happy that, you know, you dabble in a lot of areas. Mm. As it is Latin American Heritage Month, yeah. like, I'm glad that, like, you embrace your roots so much mm. and you don't keep it to yourself. You share it to, with the world through your yeah. music, yeah. through your brands. And I can't wait to see what you do next, Thank Alex. You, you so are much. a powerhouse. And Thank this you is, so much. <laughs> I will remember this conversation <laughs> when you were. Thank you. Thank you huge. so much. No, Maybe. thank you. Last question for yeah. you. You got to get a little deep on this one, mm -hmm. but it's like probably one you've thought of before. I mean, deeper than we've gone? Yeah, I don't think we can go, get deeper than that. Actually, you're right. <laughs> but if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self. To my younger self? Yeah. Ooh, that is deep. And um, let's keep it to a phrase. What's a phrase your younger self needed to hear from you? The you that knows everything you went through now. See, I have... I have Hmm. I have two answers. I have two answers, two different answers. I have I have the the corporate Alex answer, and then I have the no filter Alex answer. Ooh. I don't know which one you want. To younger Alex? Yeah, of course. There's. Two. I want the no filter. <laughs> Bruh. I want the, the no one filter. That the no filter Alex to a younger Alex would say, don't conform to religious circles and don't be afraid to break them. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. Because um, that your younger self really needed to hear that, but you don't realize that till you're older. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, the corporate Alex, I guess you could say, <laughs> but it's not, not so much corporate. It's just like on the sense of the music Alex side of things. Got you. Okay. The business uh, Alex. The, the business Alex would say, don't, don't listen to, to the device of, of executives keep being original, keep being unique, and keep pushing the envelope. That, that would be my advice. That's wise. He would have appreciated that. Yeah, but yeah. he is still you now. You, you, you made me get in my feels right now. You got to get yeah. there sometimes. Yes. I'm glad that we got to talk about it on the couch. After getting so deep, we got to shake it up with yeah. a rapid fire. Oh, okay. This or that. And cheers. There, yeah, that's cheers what you need for this one. to that. I, we didn't even cheers each other. Cheers to that. Rapid fire. Don't overthink it, mm. okay? Oh, man, and I'm it's, really not going to overthink it you, right now. You only have three mm. seconds. Bob Marley or Juan Luis Guerra? Bob Marley. Wow, okay. I thought that was going to be hard for you. No. When you said that earlier, I was like, you're kidding me right now. Oxtail or jerk chicken? Oh, jerk chicken. You were about to say oxtail? I was, I was, but it's too much bone in there. You know what I mean? Like, jerk chicken gives me more meat. The debate goes on. Yeah. Tamales or beef patties? Beef patties. Okay. Gallo cerveza or red stripe? Gallo. 
I want to try a gallo cerveza so bad. I've Gaya never cerveza. tried it. Reggae or soca? Soca. Bachata or reggaeton? Oh, man! Reggaeton. <laughs> Every time I start the counter, has, you get your yeah, answer. Reggaeton. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Alex Veliz. Una conversación con Alex Veliz. Alex, this was so much fun. It was. It was really I fun. cannot wait to hear your new album. Thank you. Thank you. And... I'll show you a preview once we check. Oh, okay, we've got to cut the cameras now then. We'll see you guys <laughs> in the next one. Bye. Bye.